This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to midweek episode number three. I'm Jerry. I'm Tracy. We've got a good one for you tonight. I'm excited about this story. Good. This one actually is almost a full length, like a Sunday night type story. Oh, it's, wow. it's so long. Good. But I can't it wait was to hear it. it's it's uh, one I stumbled across by accident. Mm-hmm. That's usually the best ones. Yeah. And I, I'm like, sometimes these little stories that nobody's ever heard of or that most people haven't heard of turn out to be some of the best. So, And then also tonight, after we finish the story, we've got Leslie Fear. She's an author on. And uh, she's you actually heard her do one of our shorts last week, if you were a Patreon member. And uh, she'll probably be on for some more uh, little sad bonus stuff in the future. She's really anxious to come on and do some recording with us. But tonight you get to hear her full-length Recording, talking about some of her stories, that uh, paranormal stories that she's had in the past. Really cool stuff. So can't wait to hear Leslie a little later in the, in the story. And and her name's Leslie Fear, which you think would be a made-up name for an author that does paranormal stuff, but Fear's her actual real last name. Very nice. So. I'll let her rip. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought maybe you No, not guess. that. Oh. <laughs> for God's sake, not that. Okay, tonight's story is the Gladstone Villa. And it's a little small mining town in South Wales Valleys in the UK by the name of Bargode, to the best of my pronunciation. It was built in the 1900s, and it was named after the British Prime Minister, William Gladstone. I couldn't imagine just building something and naming it after a politician. Oh, well. I mean, what if we built a mansion and we called it the Trump Mansion or... The Obama Mansion, or you know, what I'm saying, it just mm-hmm. don't seem like. Mm-hmm. Why would you? Why wouldn't you name it after somebody in your family? Well, I don't know I this. Know. I would never, probably, ever know this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there was five family members who moved into this home in 1969. That's a part of our story. It was Andrew Dexter, his grandfather Bill Higgs, his grandmother Rita, and his mom Carolyn, and his dad. And for some reason, I can't find out his dad's name. I look. That's weird. All the places I couldn't find his dad's name. So we shall call him dad. That's what I did. The whole yes. episode. Now, I led with Andrew because most of this story actually comes from him, his recollections, his, I think he actually wrote a book on it. So everything comes from him. He was actually an infant at the time that they moved in here. Oh. And he was about eight when they moved out. So they were there right at about eight years. The paranormal activity started almost as soon as this family moved in. He said that it started rather quickly. So I'll take his word for it. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's quite a remembrance for our eight-year-old. Yeah, but I mean, he remembers the stuff when he was eight. Most of the stuff when he was like one, he don't remember, obviously, yeah. but his family told him. So this started off with small tappings here and there. We're, we're accustomed to that. It would eventually increase, though. Carolyn Dexter said that on one occasion, the family heard what sounded like something jumping from the attic down to the floor in the other room. 
So they went in to kind of investigate, see what was going on. They said there was nobody in there, but they did notice that the attic door was open. Mm, that's scary. Yeah. It's one of those little pullover hatch type things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew said whatever entity it was in this house, it made his grandparents' bedroom the main, its main space in the home where it kind of dwelled. It would walk around the bedroom and you could hear a dragging sound. Oh, God. I wonder what the heck that was. <laughs> One day, Andrew's dad was sleeping in that room. His mom went upstairs to wake him up, and his dad worked night shifts, so he slept in that room during the day. That's mm-hmm. the reason he was in their bedroom. She said she walked into the room, and her husband was asleep with the ironing board on top of him. <laughs> he must have got cold through the night. <laughs> <laughs> he woke up and was like, what the hell? <laughs> he assumed that the father-in-law was actually playing a trick on him. And uh, so, yeah, but he didn't have a clue that he had this ironing board on That him. is bizarre. <laughs> now, even though he said that he thought it was his father-in-law playing tricks on him, it was obvious that he knew there was much more going on because when he went to work, and I guess from, from some other stuff going on, he started telling all of his co-workers that, you know, the house was haunted. And there was some weird stuff going on. And then... Word kind of spread around this small town that the place was haunted. Now, Andrew's parents separated in 1972, and his dad moved out then. They divorced in 1975. He would come to visit Andrew, though, every Saturday, and then he would take him away to his grandparents and uh, to the movies and stuff like that. Now, this was a, a, a something that Andrew needed because he said it was a break from all the paranormal activity that was going on around the house. Oh, man, that sucks. So this is a paranormal activity that a four-year-old was now experiencing on a regular basis because mm-hmm. of the time that his dad split. They were about, he was about four years old. As Andrew got older, he started having more experiences. He would saw electrical cables being pulled by unseen hands. What? He saw lights go off and on by themselves. Andrew said that his grandpa would play records mm-hmm. at dinner time. He was a big Johnny Cash fan. Nice. So a lot, a lot of Western music. And he would play uh, the record player. And most of the time during dinner while they were listening to music, the turntable would just stop playing. Especially if it was playing the the band Slade. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> and the ghost wasn't having it. It didn't like Slade. <laughs> but you know, I remember, I don't know a lot about the band Slade, but they were the original band that did come on Fill the Noise. The Quiet Riot did. Did you I, know that? I'm the- yeah, but aren't they coming to town or something? Who, Slade? Yeah. I don't know. I swear I just saw that something about them coming. They also had a big hit in the 80s with a song called Run, Run Away. I don't know if you remember that. Run, she's a little runaway. That's Bon Jovi, but no. Oh. <laughs> but no, they had a song called Run, Run Away. If you heard the song, you would know I would it. know it, it was, sure. Yeah, it was pretty big. They said that it, <laughs> these things would also happen to the TV. It would shut itself off, especially if the grandma was watching something that was some kind of religious programming. Well, that's kind of a slap in the face. At one point, they called the police in to kind of investigate some of the strange happenings. They checked into the attic, so they didn't really see anything going on in there. And their guess was that Andrew's dad was playing pranks on him. I don't know. I guess because he was estranged from the house now. That well, yeah, but why but, in the world? But that would stuff he do was that? happening before he even left. Well, yeah. Why would you come over there and yeah, try who's to got do that all kind that? of time? And that's what I'm saying. So Grandma told one of the friends. A lady by the name of Ivy France, that the house was haunted. And she was very skeptical. She went into the main bedroom and said, oh, it's just vibrations from the outside traffic. 
that's causing all these issues. Mm. But then she had a few experiences of her own, and then she suggested that they call a medium Ooh, and the local her, press. I wonder what her experiences were. I don't know what it didn't say. So she, they get this gentleman by the name of John Matt, who's a medium. He comes over to the house, and he starts asking the family some questions. He then asked the spirit to knock on the ceiling. Guess what happened? It knocked back. It did knock back. <gasps> three times? I don't know about three times. Knock three times I on knew the ceiling you were going there. if you want me. <laughs> Twice so, on the pipe. If the answer is no. Are we done with, yes. you know, America's Got Talent? I'm sorry. All right. John then put himself into a trance to try to make contact with the spirit, but the spirit did not give him a name, even though he did. Oh, he did. He, he did, did make like, contact, but the spirit would not give him a name as to who he was. He would later say that there definitely was a spirit in the house, and he said that it was an earthbound spirit with unfinished business. Way to go out on a limb there. That's, I, I could have probably done that without being a medium. Well, true, but I wonder why he wouldn't give a name. No. Then a priest by the name of Graham Jones was called in. He said a few prayers, did a blessing. He said it looked like that that took care of the problem because for a few months, everything was normal. Mm-hmm. But you knew that wasn't going to be the state of the case or we would have had this long of a story. <laughs> we would be done already. So one night, Andrew and his mom and grandpa were watching TV. His grandma was in the same room. She's reading a book. Carolyn sees something out of the corner of her eye. So she looks real quick over to her left, and she sees a full-bodied apparition of a monk standing in the doorway. What the heck does a monk got to do with anything? I don't know. Well, I do know because I've heard oh. the story, but I'll tell you at the end. Okay. <laughs> he had a hood over his face, and she couldn't see what he looked like. It looked like a 16th century Benedictine monk, though. Fred Davies, which was a friend of Grandpa's, would stop by the house to visit almost every evening. He would usually sit in the same chair right by the fireplace. It's his favorite little place to sit when every time he visited the house. On this one particular night, they're in there. He's in his usual spot. They hear this really loud bang coming from the upstairs. So loud that Fred basically ducked for what he thought it was. He thought something was going to fall on him Yeah, or well, or he didn't know if it was a gunshot or what. But oh. he, he, as soon as he heard it, he just, you know, did a thing with the loud your... noise you ducked right. instinctively. Andrew ran over to his mom for protection. I mean, this was so loud that everybody hear it. Big bang. Fred said it sounded like that whatever it was was going to come straight through the ceiling toward him, which is why he ducked. So they all ran upstairs, kind of check out and see what's going on in the room right above the living room, which guess which room that is. That one room. Yeah, the, grand, the grandpa's, grandpa's bedroom. Room. There was absolutely nothing up there that could have made that noise. So Fred then tells the family that he had a previous experience there that he's never mentioned before. Maybe a pipe burst. Well, they would have had liquid or something that would eventually figure it out. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Please stop with your impressions. <laughs> so one time he was visiting, and his grandpa, Bill, used to always go look out this one uh, window that overlooked the street. And he said he was standing over looking. He went over there and was standing there looking with him. He said that he could feel something brush past him. Oh. But he turned and there was nothing there. But he always felt a little weird after that. Ooh. Now, Andrew said the most scared he has ever been in his life 
was down in that same bedroom. He said the lights were on. It was very quiet. He was just lying in the bed. He said he felt something heavy bounce on the bottom of the bed. <laughs> he heard the springs of the bed. Oh. So it wasn't just a feel. He heard it. He said he looked down. He saw absolutely nothing. He ran downstairs as quick as he could. They all ran back up. They saw paw prints all over the bedroom. The paw print of a large dog. Grandpa Bill owned a black lab named Tovey, who had died right before Andrew was born. Oh, my goodness. Toby was in the house. Something like that. Toby's in the house. <laughs> Pouncing on a bed. Andrew's mom and grandpa also talked about hearing a baby cry on a regular occasion in that same room. Now, at this point, everybody kind of started sleeping downstairs except <laughs> Grandpa Bill because Grandpa Bill thought he was a badass. That's what it boils down to. Well, honestly, I was sitting here thinking, why in the heck are they even sleeping up there? <laughs> Grandpa Bill would probably regret deciding that he was going to stay sleeping upstairs because right after this all happened and he started sleeping up by himself, he had a bout of sleep paralysis one night. He said he couldn't move, he couldn't yell out, but he could hear that there was something in the room. Holy crud. Freaked him out. Grandma Rita had some experiences as well. Not a whole lot of them, but she did have some. One time, she said that she felt something pulling from underneath her foot, as if she had stepped on someone's nightgown and they were yanking to try to free it. That's the first time I've ever heard that one. Yeah, I have never heard that either. So the family started looking at the spirit as like part of the family. They even had a name for him. They called him Johnny. Johnny? Johnny. Okay, I like that. Carolyn had one situation. I remember Carolyn as Andrew's mom. Uh-huh. She had to have surgery on her foot. And the way it was set up is after she came home from her surgery, she had a nurse that would come and kind of tend to her wounds and all that. One day, the nurse came came to the house, and she she's kneeling down. She's on, on her knees, and she starts working on her foot, you know, changing the bandage, whatever. She's not looking up. She's just looking yeah. at the foot. Mm-hmm. She then tells Carolyn, without looking up, not to hold her. To which Carolyn looked over at Rita, who in both of amazement realized that nobody was holding a nurse. But the nurse felt like she was being held. So they think obviously it was Johnny just making sure that the nurse wasn't going to hurt Carolyn. Aww. But he was being protective. Yeah. The only time the ghost was vocal was one time all of them were up in the bedroom. And one of them needed to use the bathroom, but they couldn't get in. The door wouldn't open. Wouldn't lock, it just wouldn't open. Grandpa Bill said, he's behind there, talking about the ghost. <laughs> and he said, then you could hear a very distinct Gregorian chant. You can't come in here and poop. That is not a Gregorian chant. Oh. A Gregorian chant is more of the... You can't come here and poopy. <laughs> so now we get to 1978. It's the summer, and they're moving. They're probably like, thank God. Well, they were kind of forced to move. They had two men had bought the villa, and they were converting it to a small hotel, so they had to kind of get out. There was one final incident, though, the night before they moved, and it was kind of as if the spirit was kind of saying goodbye, I guess. Everybody's ready for bed. Grandpa's upstairs still in his bed, and the rest of the family is downstairs, as they've learned to do. I like how they... Thought of this thing as family, but they still were scared of it. Uh-huh. 
the lights were light. the lights are on downstairs, and they start to to hear the doorknob turning as if somebody was trying to get in. Then they heard their belongings that were all packed up in the hallway moving around. So that was her little last encounter. It's like, like he was really trying to get him out of there. He probably loaded <laughs> yeah, up the truck. To... <laughs> <laughs> so the place is still around, and the, as far as we know, the place place is still haunted. They said the staff still has a bunch of sightings. Room five, which guess which room that used to be? Grandpa. <laughs> There's a bride in a wedding dress that's seen. And now a much older Adrian, who actually went there in the nineties to have like his uh birthday party, his fortieth birthday party. So you figure he's he was eight when he left there. He goes back there because it's like a bar and all that stuff there. He went there to have his birthday party. And he decided, you know, he starts talking to the servers and the staff there, and they're telling him, you know, oh, yeah, we're seeing this lady, and we're, we're hearing a baby cry, and blah, 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 all this same stuff that he experienced 30-some years ago. And he decides, you know what? I think I'm going to look into some of this. So we never He never looked into it. But now, since there's still things going on, he wanted to see. He did some research, and he found out that in 1924, there was a family by the name of the Kemets that moved in. It was Michael and Evelyn. They were newlyweds, and they had a newborn son named Elvin. Elvin, unfortunately, passed away at the age of four months old on the property. Aww. That would explain the sound of a baby crying that the family heard in the staff ears. Yeah. Miss Kimmett died in 1970, right after Andrew was born. So maybe that's why all the activity started right after they moved Why'd in. Why'd she die? Well, I mean, that was 20, 1924 when... Oh, they got married, so she was true. she was old. But she died in 1970, right after Andrew was born. So they think that might be why yeah. the activity started in the house. That maybe she came back to where her mm-hmm. baby had died, and now there's a newborn in the house. And yeah, maybe Aww. that's what that was all that's about. That's really sad. So, um, so as he grown as he grew up, he never had any other issues wherever he lived. I guess he didn't say anything about it. I did want to add one other thing, though. He also found out that where his parents used to work, uh-huh. which is where they met and oh, worked yeah. before uh-huh. they got married, there used to be a monastery there. Oh, get so out of here. So explain that the, the monk. Oh. And it wasn't that far from where they lived. Yeah. So. Well, I bet that is true then. There was also this place across the street, and I didn't, I didn't write this down, but this place across the street that there supposedly was a priest area that was, like, boarded up and everything. And supposedly there was a priest body kept in there, but nobody could get to it. It was like, uh, like a his tomb was there. It wasn't like oh, it was just uh-huh. like he was killed and shoved in there. It was like, yeah, but it was set up so nobody could get there. But that's kind of an awesome story. I told you it was awesome. It was really good. And Grandpa don't take no crap. Yeah, he don't. He's, he's like, this he's, is my bed, mofo. I'm yeah. gonna sleep up in here. He was right up in it. Yeah, sleep paralysis or not, he went back. Yeah, good for him. What a good story, babe. So, anyways, that's the story of the Gladstone Villa over in. Uh, England. I love it. All right, so we've got Leslie Fears interview coming up. Check it out real quick, and uh, I, I guarantee you're going to love her. She wants to start a podcast, and I told her, you'll see how much personality she's got. She needs yeah. to have her own podcast. Mm-hmm. So, All right, take a listen. Hey, guys, I am joined by special guest tonight, author Leslie Fear, and I've been talking to Leslie for uh, the last three, four weeks and got to know her really well. She is a fantastic author. She uh is going to try to give us tips on the book that 
We will be writing somewhere down the road, and I appreciate that. But in the meantime, I wanted to get her on because she has some awesome paranormal experiences that we're going to talk about. And uh, But we're going to also talk about her books and how you can get that. Leslie, welcome to the show. Hey, Jerry. Glad to be here. And you've got a little doggy in the background. Or not a little one. It I sounds do. like a big doggy. I, I've got two pugs, and we got new wood floors, and you can <laughs> hear him running all over the place. And guess what? I can't help it. So if you hear it, sorry. Well, you you know, this is a, this is a, a dog-friendly show, so... <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> you you won't be the first guest we've had dogs in the background with, so don't worry about it. Yeah, especially when they just come in from coming outside, and they do their business, and they're on the bang bang. Well, that's what my friend calls them. On the bang bang. They're all over the place. <laughs> so, Leslie, you you live in the, uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yes. And you've got six books out right now. Tell me a little bit about the books you have out and the type of books they are, because you told me that they were, uh, what did you say, paranormal romance novels for the most part is what you told me. Explain to me what that is, because I immediately go to Twilight when I think paranormal romance. Well, and it's not that far off, to be honest with you. I mean, um, but mine aren't about vampire. Do you hear them? Do you hear them? Yeah, those are my dogs. Yeah, yeah, they're running, chasing each other. Sorry about that. And you can edit that out if you need to, Jerry. You know I don't edit. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Great. Mine are more about uh, real-life kinds of situations, not experiences, but just things that are people I think can relate to more. first two books I wrote with an author, they're based out of New Orleans, and it's more about voodoo and these two hot guys that own a voodoo shop, and it's got some uh, a little bit of, you know, hanky-panky in there, a little bit of language, but most of it's just the, the story and the history of the voodoo shop they own and their relationship of how it blossoms, and, and then there's some spooky-ooky stuff in there, some really crazy voodoo, high priestessy kind of things, because that's in their family and and it goes there and it's fun you know so you got two stories based on like the new orleans are they connected in any way or are they two completely separate books they are separate books but they're one book is about one brother and the other book is about the other brother oh i got you but both brothers are in both books so that's kind of cool but they're sister books so they can be read by themselves or standalones but you can still read them together it would make more sense if you could but you don't have to Next book you had was Atticus. Tell me a little bit about that. That's more about a big haunted mansion. Girl's kind of attracted to this house, and she doesn't understand why, and she's new to town, you know. So that's, and people, you know, things like that happen in houses. It's not like a vampire's going to show up, you know, right. <laughs> or a werewolf. But that's what, that, like I said, that's why I like writing the paranormal romance stuff that I like to write, because it's stuff that people actually experience. People do actually still practice voodoo. People do actually still experience hauntings. No, absolutely. Now, your next three books, they're uh, they're part of a, a series that involves angels and demons. Tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, that's Graveyard Watchmen. And uh, I just put out the, uh, the third book in that one, so that's the third and final book. Yeah, it's more about just angels and demons battling it out. All my books are very fast-paced. I try not to leave the, the reader just like, oh, my God, okay, if you describe this leaf one more time, you know, I'm going <laughs> to kill myself, you know? <laughs> it's like, geez. So I just try to make them fast-paced, thrillers, put some romance in there, put some fantasy in there, mystery. Uh, I try not to write anything cliche, and I just... I want it to be something you don't know what's going to happen because when I'm writing them, I don't even know what's going to happen, really. 
I don't even go by my outlines half the time. My, my characters just start writing themselves and I'm just like, okay, I guess that character's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks. I planned on him being the hero for the next two books. Yeah, now I got to come up with something else. I him kind of big sticking around a while, but nope, he's history. So <laughs> and people, I mean, hey, if you throw your Kindle or your book, then hey, <laughs> to me, that's a compliment. <laughs> you know? right. All right. So let's get into, you've got some paranormal experiences I want to talk about and we'll come back at the end. And uh, sure. tell people how they can find your books and stuff. Before we get into the paranormal experiences, though, you told me an interesting tidbit that I found fascinating was that your aunt was a member of the famed Heaven Gate, Heaven's Gate um, cult and was actually one of the victims there. Um, tell me a little bit about what you know about that situation. Well, yeah, when the real proud moment for us. Um, my mother's sister... Um, was actually pulled into the group by my mother's mother, who was my grandmother. And um, she was friends with uh, Marshall Applewhite, very eccentric man, as you probably know. Yeah. And just, uh, I don't know if it's the kind of personality people have or it's just they're down on how they feel about life or whatever the situation is when people join a cult. But she joined it, and she left her eight- and six-year-old children and her husband of 10 years and just decided one day, I'm going to go live my true life and left a note for her husband. And and that was it. Mm. <laughs> and I, I didn't know her well. My mother, of course, knew her better. None of us were all that, that close when we were growing up. But I knew enough about my grandmother to know it didn't surprise me. It was just strange. And when my grandmother came... I'd only met my grandmother a few, like maybe five times in my life. And when Heaven's Gate, when they committed suicide in like, I think March of 97, in September of 97, I had a son. And my grandmother, who got her, you know, who got her daughter to be in this cult and ended up committing suicide, she shows up on my doorstep the day after I have my son. And I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, you're my grandmother wearing a beret and you're weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> It was just the most weird, strange, funky thing that had ever happened because I didn't know her well. And it was it, it was just so strange. But, no, it wasn't necessarily a, a proud moment in our life. And we didn't really talk about it a whole lot. The, a lot, the press wanted to talk to my mom. And when, they, when she wouldn't talk to them, she told us not to talk to them. Of course, we didn't. They did interview my cousin, who is now an adult. The daughter uh, was eight. They did interview her. I'm not going to say her name. And her dad. They interviewed him, too. And it was just terrible. It was just a tragic situation. And they thought they were going to join, you know, a, a spaceship on the tails of Haley Bob. And it was just the craziest thing in the world. That's crazy. Now, you said and you're... I don't even understand. And it's... It, yeah, and I'm, I'm part of that gene pool. Isn't that nice? <laughs> well, you said that your, your grandmother got her involved with that. How did that exactly happen? What was the connection? Well, <laughs> My my grandmother knew Marshall Applewhite. Oh, I go. Okay. And thought he was just the bee's knees. I guess he thought she thought he was awesome, and she introduced my aunt to him. I'm telling you, within I don't even think it was a year, she left her family, and that was it. 
It's amazing how somebody can be so mesmerizing and captivating to where they can just get so many people to just drop everything and follow them like that. Yeah, and, and you know, when I was saying, I don't even know if it's some kind of, and this is, I don't mean it like people have mental problems because I don't know if that's always the case, but I do think some people are just more easily influenced. I don't know because it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, they're looking for something out there that they, they haven't yes. found yet. So when you're exactly. actively seeking, exactly. sometimes you'll find. So. Talk to me. Right. I know that was a little off the subject of what you initially planned on talking about on here, but I found it fascinating. I thought everybody else would, too. Tell me some good paranormal stories, because you've got a couple of them. Yes. Well, um, one I'll tell you about that I don't know if it's paranormal, angel. I have no idea. But I was picking my son. This is years ago, probably about 10 years ago. I was picking him up from school, and I was in a van, and I had my daughter with us in her car seat, and my son was in his booster, and we were driving down the road. It was a sunny day and, you know, just a normal every everyday day and I was driving just probably about 35 miles an hour that's about as fast as you go on this road and I see this car pull right out in front of me and I can't stop there's no way I can stop I slam my brakes on but I know I'm gonna hit this woman I didn't hit her there's no way I couldn't have hit her I braced myself I screamed I did everything I could and I didn't hit her, and that was impossible. And when I opened my eyes, because I was bracing myself, because it just happened so fast, she was about 100 yards ahead of me. There's no way she could have been that far away from me. Hmm. But my eyes were closed. I didn't see what happened, because I was bracing myself. I knew I was going to hit her. It was the craziest thing in the world, and I will never, ever, ever forget it. And it was almost like, thank you, God, because I had my kids in the car. <laughs> You know, and I would have I would have T-boned her, I'm sure, and done some serious damage to the car because, you know, I'm going at least 35. Sometimes I go 40, you know. Yeah, no sometimes. Well, you yeah. speed demon. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah, so that was that was one that just really, I mean, I'll never forget it. And did you want to talk about something else or? Well, yeah, I want to talk about everything yeah. you want you got to offer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we own some land just north of Dallas-Fort Worth. It's just a one county south of Oklahoma, right below the Red River. And where this place is, is where a lot of the Amer Native American people lived. You know, uh, there were the Wichita, Comanche, and the Kiowas. And it makes sense because there's a Kiowa casino just right up the street. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes sense. Well, they lived in a lot of this area, and we have some acreage out there, like 35 acres. We didn't know all the Indian – well, I say Indian. That's not the right way, but you understand. Native Americans, Native American. yes. We didn't know all the history like we do now, but at night, my husband and I would be out, and um, you've heard coyote. They sound like – I don't know if you've ever heard coyote at night, but they sound like girls screaming. Yep. Have you ever heard that at mm -hmm. night? Well, that was the weirdest thing, but it it didn't – I don't know if it was coyote because it didn't sound quite right. Like it sounded like something was getting attacked, like they were about – you know how they make those sounds sometimes? You see them in the movies when they're going, ah, you know, doing that. It's probably just somebody just lost their ass at the casino. It, hey, you know, it's the worst things have happened, right? <laughs> So, but, but also we will be walking, you know, even during the daytime, we'll be walking and it's very treed. It's very dense and we'll hear rustling not far away, but it's not from a deer. This thing, what, what we hear is something so big. I, I, you can tell it's big and it startles you and you kind of jump back a little bit and you're like, okay, what the heck was that? And he's like, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know, <laughs> but let's go. <laughs> And we just kind of calmly walk away <laughs> because it's not like it was scary, like 
oh my gosh, it's going to kill us. It was just like, okay, we're getting a little too close to where this person or this whatever is, it, we're, we're just too close. We need to back off. And so we do. And it's just, it's crazy. And at night we see, of course, the red eyes, but that could be any animal. So that can probably be debunked. But it, it's really eerie at night because it's so dark out there. There's no city lights. So it's just so crazy, just just midnighty and dark and black and yikes. <laughs> so yeah, you know, when there's when there's a new moon, meaning no moon, you don't see anything. You see a lot of stars. Like I said, I don't feel necessarily threatened out there, but it is really, really creepy sometimes. So, and I don't know if it's residual energy from the Indians or I'm sorry, Native Americans <laughs> or what. So I'm sorry. I keep well, I was reading up on some of this stuff just so I could maybe tell you any history I knew. And they all refer to it the other way, and that's in my head right now. So. But you know, it's it's funny because I was going to say that when you when you had said that the last time. I read a lot of current uh, stories that will, and and there's a lot of times where they still use Indian graveyard, Indian burial ground, Indian yeah. mounds, and burial mounds. So I, I I don't I know it's supposed to be politically correct to say Native Americans, but I think that might be more if you're referring to the the person rather than like the area or in the past, but it's really confusing. Uh, yeah. as, as <laughs> to the, yeah. So I'm with you. I no, see no, it both I ways all the yeah. time, even today. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause they were, um, it's funny because when I, we, we built a little house out there, you know, nothing huge or anything, but just a little house out there and it's very hilly. It's more of a, you wouldn't think it's hill country, but it's very, you know, terrainish, you know, and hilly. And, and, uh, one of the places called Queen's Peak, I can see right outside our front window, and that's where the settlers would wait, or actually they would just watch out for Native Americans because they were so afraid of being massacred because they would kill the children, the women, them. they didn't care. They would do it all. They'd scalp anything, they'd do it all. They were, they were pretty savage at the time. I'm not saying they're now, <laughs> but at the time, when I can understand, we took over their land. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, they were they were probably <laughs> we angry. didn't give them a choice. But yeah. And in fact, I know for a fact that um, way back when some of the women would dress like men when they go back and forth to, you know, work on the farm or the cattle or the horses because they didn't want the the uh, sorry, the Native Americans <laughs> to think that they were women. They wanted them to think that they were men and they had more men to, to have to battle in case they did decide to do something. And I think that deterred a lot of the, some of the, you know, murders. So it was, it's just, it's just crazy. And it's fun out there as far as just the history, but it, it can be creepy at times. And my friend who is a psychic medium, her name is Vanessa Hogel. She and I are going to write a book together. And she did tell me, she said, oh, girl, you got a lot of activity out there. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> That's so comforting. Now, do you buy into the the whole skinwalker thing? Do you think that's a possibility of what's going on out there? Or do you think it's something different? You know, I don't know. I mean, I I don't I don't know enough about skinwalker stuff to to really tell you for sure. Um, I think everybody's definition of that is different. What would your definition of it be? Um, I, when I think skinwalker, I think more shapeshifter, where mm -hmm. uh, might be a person this moment or a coyote the next moment or. But there's been several different stories that we've talked about when it involved uh, either shapeshifters uh, or skinwalkers to where it would be kind of like what you described, 
like almost like a, a visible energy, and that would be mm-hmm. it. Almost like the heat waves that would come off of a, a really hot blacktop road. Um, no, and and that's that's exactly no. You described it very well, and you know it very well could be that. I don't, and like I said, I don't know if it's um, intelligent um, kind of energy or if it's just residual, and we're just kind of experiencing something that's kind of going on at that time, and I, I, I don't know. No, and Wendigos also are supposed to be really large creatures, but you know, you you would obviously be able to see them because they eat people, so they would uh, probably make itself oh, known. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. And banshees are they the same too or no? <laughs> no, I think banshees are different. I can't remember the exact definition of a banshee, but uh, it's a little bit different than a Wendigo. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. I'll have to, you know, uh, and. Maybe I'll, I'll pay more attention. My husband's out there right now a little bit more than I am just because I was, I've was i been writing so much and I couldn't leave the house here. But um, I went this last couple of days, we went, and we can go during the week or whenever we want. It's so nice because he's not having to work now. Um, but it's so nice to go out there and, and be out there when it's not so busy um, in town. Not that the town's that big or busy, but on the weekends it is because there's they've got like a – a second day trade days or second Monday trade days. And it can get pretty, you know, hopping. So when you see the town, that's a little town that's just looks like a ghost town again, it's fun because you can do all the things and, you know, and, and learn all about it. So, yeah, I need to check that out. Well, it sounds like you've got the, the, the nice it. synopsis for a book already. If you wanted to go that route. No, I know. I know. I know. I should. I should. I really should. I know. Oh, there you go. Well, do me a favor, Leslie. First I'm of all, thinking, wait, I had something else I was going to tell you. Yep. Well, but go ahead. This is I'm all ears. Oh, well, do you remember me sending you that ghost picture from Oak Alley Plantation? Yes. Well, I know it's a little older. This one's from like 2005. And you did you look at the website where it was at? No, I did not. I'll be website. honest with you. I did not. No, no, it's fine. I sent you actually what was on the uh, what was on the uh, website was the picture I sent you anyway, but I took a picture of if anybody here is, that's listening knows anything about Oak Alley Plantation in Louisiana, just uh, I think it's south of uh, uh, New Orleans. Um, it's a, it was an old sugar plantation, and there's an uh, they call it Oak Alley because there's a big oak you know an alley of oaks leading up to the front of the house. And I thought it was so pretty, and I took a picture, and it was around Christmas time. And I did it way back before you took good pictures on your cell phones. Right. So I t- had a digital camera, and I took it on that and I put it on the computer. And I zoomed in, and I found this. I, I saw what I thought. I'm not going to say what I saw because I want – I don't know if you want to put that picture up on our on your yeah, um, I'll put it up. website or whatever. Um, I'd love to see or to hear what people think they see because I know what I see. And I sent it into Ghost Hunters, <laughs> and Steve Gonzalez—is it Gonzalez? Yes. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. He's still with Ghost Hunters. So I think they do. Yep. I think they have um, uh, Ghost Nation now. Um, but that was when it was Ghost Hunters. And he said, "I said, what do you think?" And he got back to me, and he goes, "You know, unless you manipulated it somehow." He goes, "That's one hell of a picture." <laughs> nice. So I was like, "Okay, cool, yay." Yeah, I'll put that up the same day this comes out. Okay, yeah, that'd be cool. I just, I'm just curious to see what everybody with, you know, has to say about it because there's just two panes in that upper dormer window, the two bottom left panes. 
um, then I want people to tell me what they see. So Leslie, I, I asked you this because I, I assumed since your name is Leslie Fear, F-E-A-R, <laughs> that that was some type of a writing pseudonym considering the kind of book, but you said that's your actual real name. Yeah, it's my real name. Yeah, <laughs> it really is my name. That's so perfect. <laughs> and I, and I've always been interested in paranormal. I've been doing it, you know, always watched paranormal stuff, always loved scary movies, always read Stephen King books, even when I was younger. So it was just meant to be, I guess. Why don't you tell everybody <laughs> how they can keep up with you, how they can find your books and uh, any other way that they can uh, communicate with you on social media? Okay. Um, well, uh, you can find all my books on Amazon. Um, you can just actually, since my name is so different, all you have to do is type in Leslie Fear Books, and it should take you right to me. And I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, just type in my name. You'll find me. It's very easy. Yeah, And we'll post some of that also when we post that picture, so we'll, you'll have chances. Uh, we'll post a link to the Amazon page where they can go straight oh, to there you. Yes. and your Instagram okay. and stuff. Awesome. So. Yay. Okay. Just because so, I really am. I'm so, you, you'll have to let me know when it comes out too. And I'll post a picture on my site too. Um, if they want to comment on mine too. Maybe I so. won't let you know and it just be a cliffhanger. Maybe it could be. Hey, we can do that too. You know, be, you can be difficult, Jerry. That's may, fine. Whatever. May, okay. Maybe four months down the road, I'll decide to just drop it on her. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where the heck is the picture? <laughs> That's funny. Leslie, it's been a blast. You're super fun to talk to. I know we talked for 45 minutes before we even started the interview. And, I know. Uh, well, we were having such a good time, and he's like, do you want to start now? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, can, can we just keep going? <laughs> and that's what we did. But no, you, you've been a blast to talk to, and I appreciate all your help on uh, on some of your publishing knowledge and stuff. And we're definitely sure. going to have you back on because I know you got other books that will be coming out uh beginning of next year and and some other things we'll get you involved with maybe we'll get you out to a live well, event soon i would love it you just let you let me know i'll see what i can do maybe we can make some magic happen there you go i'm all about some magic so. that's right all right leslie talk it's to you soon been lovely chatting thanks so much thank you okay so what about that story with the car wreck i mean how do you explain something like that that something's right there you got two immovable objects basically you know you're going to hit each other then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you look up and the car is really far away and yeah, there's no way to explain some of that stuff no. i mean i'm <laughs> sure somebody will say oh well the trajectory of the ankles and no let's have fun with the show let's just say there's no way to explain yeah. it why can't why can't there be angels there are angels there was definitely an angel watching over there her so. that time all right guys thank you so much and we will talk to you on sunday have a great week